It is Thursday, Thanksgiving, November 24th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Thanksgiving football is here. And some quarterback changes for this weekend. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your Thanksgiving day. A trio of quarterbacks we now know will not be starting this weekend. Three NFL games plus the Egg Bowl today on Thanksgiving. And pecan pie. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, uh, full disclosure... We are recording this show on Wednesday evening. We're pulling the curtain back. Yes, as we will uh, both be enjoying it. Mackenzie will all be enjoying Thanksgiving coming up tomorrow. So uh, a little bit weird recording this show while I actually have games going on that I'm sweating out. That is odd. Because it's not what we usually do. But we we wanted to bring you something. We didn't want you. Most of you probably are going to say, Thanksgiving. I'm not listening to this podcast. But maybe but you're on the road driving to your family, place, there's a, whatever. There's a few of you who are like, I got to have some action. <laughs> and that's who we're here for, really. Yeah, it's weird. I'm, I'm recording this show as I'm sweating out this Rangers and Ducks over. So if you're listening to this podcast uh, on Thanksgiving and you know what happened last night, um, you know, no spoilers. I'm sweating out the Pepperdine UCLA over as we speak. So it's uh, it's fun it's fun to pull back the curtain. Yeah. Well, we do have uh, three Thanksgiving NFL games coming up tomorrow and, or today when you're listening. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but here's what we have on the schedule. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions are hosting their annual games. The Bills will take on the Lions in the first game. Buffalo, a nine and a half point favorite. Total is 54 and a half. The Cowboys host the New York football Giants, who AJ are just decimated by injuries right now. Dallas is a 10 point favorite, total of 45 and a half. And your nightcap is going to be Minnesota. Fresh off that embarrassing loss to the Cowboys last week, they will host the Patriots. The Vikings, two-and-a-half-point favorites, could be ticking towards three with a total of 42-and-a-half. What's your favorite bet on the Thanksgiving board here? Ooh, that's a tough call. Uh, here's here, Let me start out by giving a, a trend, a Thanksgiving trend. Favorite, the Lions don't do well. Favorites usually kill <laughs> on Thanksgiving. And and you know what? The Lions being always on Thanksgiving and always being the an underdog, underdog yeah. <laughs> is, is part of that. But if you take the Dallas Cowboys games out of the mix, so take out the Cowboys games, Tur- favorites on Thanksgiving are 28-8 and eight ATS since 2006. Okay, now why are we taking out the Cowboys? Because the Cowboys games kind of skew things. Because... Sometimes the Cowboys are big favorites. Sometimes they're big dogs. Either way, if you remove those games, even favorites of seven or more are 17 and four, and that includes the Cowboys games. But if you take the Cowboys out, it drops to 12 and one. So, oh, wow. so this is just a day where historically, if you're a big favorite, if you're supposed to smash, and it kind of makes sense because what is it? It's a short prep week. 
who does better, better on the better short teams. prep weeks, the, the better teams mm-hmm. typically do. That's why it bothers me that I'm hearing a lot of people say, well, I really like the Lions on Thanksgiving. I think my favorite play is probably Buffalo. And here's why. This team, had they and they were on their way to blowing out the Browns. Let's not forget. They were up 18 minutes late in the fourth quarter, or 18 points late in the fourth quarter, just a few minutes left. And the Browns put in a couple garbage time touchdowns. It lands on the number, basically, mm-hmm. for most people. The Lions have won a couple games in a row now. Do you want do you want to be a person who buys high on the Detroit Lions? No. And I, I actually I'm gonna kind of lean towards you, but my favorite bet is actually gonna be the Bills team total. Because we have Buffalo on a fast track indoors. Look at what they did last week playing yep. in this same building, right? And we have a Lions defense that can't stop a nosebleed. And I just think that the Bills are going to score a ton of points in, in this game. I, I can't see them not scoring, you know, into the 30s in this one. Let me see the exact number here on the team total for the And there's money Bills. that's come in on the 30, Lions. 32 and a half. Yeah, I don't see how they don't do that. They got to score 35 points. What this team has done all year long is bully around bad teams. I expect they do that here. For more on this game, let's hear from R.J. Bell and Steve Fezzik. Your concern about the Bills is a combination of what you've seen the last few weeks, which has been underplaying, a lot, and continuing health concerns about Josh Allen. Exactly, but I love the spot for the Bills. No, you do know they're going back to Buffalo. I did not know that. Yes. What? Yeah. And the team doesn't, and, and, and they, apparently there's some guff. The team wanted to stay, or some of the team did, but they are going back. So they're going oh, to they're shovel the snow off. The, they're they're, they're yeah. shoveling the snow off the roofs. Hopefully no one gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. That's because that was like the one thing that was like putting mm-hmm. me um, on looking towards Buffalo was I was like, wow, Detroit's been on the road back to back games, and, and Buffalo, no distractions for Thanksgiving. That's horrible. That's terrible. Yeah, so that makes no sense. I didn't even check. I was so certain they'd stay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, it was because right when this was rescheduled, you heard a lot of people say, "Oh my gosh, this is an opportunity. They can stay." And it's like, no, they, they, you know, again, apparently there was some dissent. There we'll was there being a natural disaster in their home city. I can see yeah. their families being happy about That's them coming not home. Me any money for Thanksgiving week? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I got to be honest, I don't think there's any disadvantage, and maybe there is, AJ, but I don't think them going back to Buffalo and then coming back to Detroit is really that big of a disadvantage. It's an hour-long flight, pretty much. Yeah, and you also got to consider the the idea that if they had stayed in Detroit, now you, you're – the guys with families and stuff are worried about what their family's doing while, you know – under. In, in a natural disaster, well, homes basically. Have to be shoveled out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, and it's not like these, I, I, I doubt Josh Allen's getting out there and shoveling his driveway. Mm. But the fact is that you feel like you want to go home and check on, check on your family, check on your house, check on your cars, whatever. I, I don't know that this is that big of a deal to travel. Would it have been, would it have been great to stay there? Sure. But I think when it's an hour flight, if you've got a chance to sleep in your own bed and it's going to cost you two hours round trip, and you're going to sleep in your bed for the next three nights, who doesn't do that if you can, if you have that option? One hour and five minutes nonstop flight. Yeah. I, it's, I, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. you know they got the charter and all that stuff. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to stay when you're that close. Now, if, if they had played this game in, I don't know, in Houston, and you're talking or about Seattle. it. Yeah, then it, yeah, okay. Now I can see we want to stay out here. 
but Detroit being it's just on the other side of the lake. You're you're all right. I think they'll be all right, and I think they're going to score a ton of points in this game coming up uh, today. Uh, let's talk about the second game, the New York football Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is a 10-point favorite. I can see the Giants going into this game, AJ, and thinking it's got to be the Saquon Barkley show. He did not have a good game against the Lions. This is the bounce-back spot. But the Giants are just decimated by injuries. They have a bunch of guys that are missing this game. You know, they lose uh, Wandell Robinson, who who has been tremendous for them at the wide receiver spot. Uh, offensive line issues that they're going to be without certain players. I got real concerns for the Giants. Yeah, I wanted to bet the Saquon Barkley rushing prop over. Uh, but I've kind of changed my tune on this, and here's why. Because the the Giants' corners are out, I could see the Cowboys just having some big explosive plays on offense and putting the Giants in a game script where they can't use Saquon Barkley. And if the Giants can't use Saquon Barkley, what are, what are we even talking about the Giants for? So it, you're right. Injuries have really put this team in a bad spot. I don't know a way to attack if, if you like the Giants. I don't know how you would attack it in mm. this game. And obviously we're looking at a big number with the Dallas Cowboys sitting at 10. So I don't know that I'm going to have any interest in this game. Now, Anthony Barr is out for the Dallas Cowboys, but he's missed a, a couple games. They've been all right without him. But Evan Neal out for the Giants. Uh, Adoree Jackson out for the Giants. A couple of other offensive linemen, Feliciano, Azudu, are out. So this is just – it's a bad spot for the Giants going into Dallas. I, I like taking the points just because it's a division – Game and I don't, I don't like double-digit favorites in division games, and it's a short week. Maybe, maybe the line is because everyone's high on Dallas the way that they looked and and just absolutely demolished Minnesota and the and the way that the Giants lost to the Lions. So maybe there's some recency bias built into the line, but I'm not comfortable with with betting either side in this game. For more on it, let's hear from Steve Fezzik and R.J. Bell. You know what's what is interesting is how if we go back to the summer. Dallas was laying seven. Okay. And now, and the Giants were not supposed to be good. And Dallas, you know, there's some concerns whether they're going to be able to beat out the Eagles to win the division, but certainly projected to win mm-hmm. 10. They 10, were 10 favored games. to be the division winner all the way up to almost post time exactly. of the season starting. Exactly. Now the Giants have massively overexceeded to the point that they've reached their season win number already. And yet, instead of, are they, so are they catching four now? No. They're catching nine. They're catching. So if you would bet the Giants during the summer, and you said, and 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 I That's told you, you bet the Giants, and then all you know is, come game time, it would be nine instead of seven. <clears throat> You'd think, man, Dayball started slow. Exactly. Or you know, you could ask it another way. You say, you know what? You've been in Australia. You haven't been following it. The Giants, they're uh, what are they now? Seven and three. You That's know? right. Yeah. And and Dallas is seven and four and. It's basically the same record of both teams. They have the same record, and you're catching seven. How fat are you feeling? Well, not very fat because you could just bet plus nine. Which goes to show you, does the market not only ignore the wins they don't like, does the market almost have a a boomerang effect where they're going to penalize a team? Because you hear all the time a team that's four and five or something – Below 500, you hear them say, you know, they're sneaky, man. Cowboys as a favorite on Thanksgiving since 2011, 1-8 and eight ATS. 
given what they just said about the summer line, things like that, do you want to step in on the Giants right here? Do you want My a piece first of them? look was the Giants. I wanted to bet the Giants, but the injury concerns are really scaring me off of it. But everything tells me that the Giants are the right side in this game. The line shift, the Cowboys' history on Thanksgiving, the, the recency bias built in because of what happened last week between both of these teams, everything tells me the Giants are the play. I just worry about the injuries. But for, for the Giants, they got to just, what, run the ball and, and milk this game down. But that's a problem. The Giants, literally every player on their offensive line is dealing yep. with an injury yep. right now. Yep. How about this for a prop bet? Micah Parsons over a quarter sack minus 150. All he's got to do is get a half a sack in this game. I know Andrew Thomas is good. He's been miss. He's been sick all week, missing practice with an illness. He's not going to be a hundred percent. A half a sack seems pretty, pretty doable for the best defensive player in the league this year, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 we know Daniel Jones likes to run the football, so maybe he's well. And they're going to have they're they going to have behind, to be throwing at some point. But even if it's a designed run, but they get him behind the back behind the line of scrimmage. It's a tackle for loss, yeah. right? So maybe it goes 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 in for a sack, right, on the quarterback. I, I don't know. I, or I don't. If it's a design run play, I, it's just a TFL. I think it's a TFL. Then okay. Well, here's a prop that I like. It's Saquon Barkley over seventeen and a half rushing attempts, because to me that's the only way the Giants are competitive in this game. Is if they start out, they give him the football, and they give him the football often. Last week he had fifteen carries in a game that they were losing. The entire way. You think about that, though. My they thought, couldn't this run is, the ball because they were losing right. so much. But that's what I'm saying. If you like the over on Saquon Barkley uh, rushes. Rushing attempts, yeah. Then then you like the Giants plus 10. Because if the Giants are if the Giants but start getting crushed. it might not necessarily be correlated because if the, Gi- let's, the Giants could just. Saquon could run it 10 times on their first two possessions. Mm, I don't know, man. I, I, it feels to me. Like in the Giants lost to Seattle 27 13. Saquon had 20 carries. Yeah. Well, in their loss to Dallas, in the last time they played Dallas, they lost 23 16. He had 14 carries for 81 yards. What's what is, that was the third game of the season? Find me a stat where where the Giants got blown out. Which, which, where's the that game? That was the, the, the biggest loss. They had three losses. And year. how many did he have? L- last week against the Lions, he had 15 carries for 22 yards. You don't think this game could look a lot like that game? Oh, I think I think that they need to they need to be much better than they were last week. Well, I I get that they need to be, mm-hmm. but now they've got a better opponent standing across from them, and like, more injuries. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It, it, you we may need to look at receiving attempt or receive receptions for Saquon Barkley because or pass attempts for Daniel Jones. Yeah, because the, well, the weapons are almost non-existent at this point on the outside. Like yeah. The guys keep falling for mm-hmm. the Giants, and Wandale Robinson is the latest to go, having a good season. He had nine catches now. for 100 yards last week. I mean, at now this he's point, out. it's Darius Slayton and who? Richie James. Who? Exactly. Like I said, who? Was Richie James on happy days? Darius Slayton, three and a half receptions. The over is minus 145. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know who they throw it to. I I, I guess – that's why it seems like Saquon Barkley could be an option out of the backfield. But, again, at this point, I want nothing to do with the Giants. My only play on this is going to be that Micah Parsons over a quarter sack. I would go 
One more prop. Daniel Jones over 38 and a half rushing yards. That's my prop. Daniel Jones had seven carries for 50 yards last week against the Lions. So if you think the game's going to play out the same way, they're going to have to pass a lot. He might take off and utilize his legs. Uh, Last time against Dallas, nine carries, 79 yards. Daniel Jones over 38 and a half rushing yards. Let's go to the third game, the nightcap here on Thanksgiving. It is the Patriots and the Vikings. Does Minnesota pick themselves up off of the absolute butt kicking that happened last week? Oh, I I mean, you knew that we all knew that they were good, but we knew that they weren't elite. No one talked about the Vikings as an elite team. It got exposed last week that they are not in that conversation. But did it? Was there anything you saw about the Patriots that made you feel good about them? No, they didn't Uh, score. They scored on a punt return on the final play of the game. As much as everyone was shitting on Zach Wilson, and rightfully so, Zach Wilson played about as bad of a game as you can play. The Patriots' offense was just as bad. Yep. They did nothing in that game. I don't want anything to do with the Patriots. I, I think that this is a low-scoring kind of an ugly game. I think this uh, is a bounce back for the. I think this is a bounce back for Minnesota. I, that's the way I would lean as well. I would lean that way. Let's hear from Fezzik and RJ on this game. What's your best case for New England? If you were given a one-issue handicap, and what's the best case for Minnesota? New England is a clear-cut value power rating-wise. They're a good point and a half north of Minnesota. I think that's fair. Yes, and they're catching three. All right. So what's the other way? The, just the bounce back? Um, the fact that Thursday typically benefits the home team, the mm-hmm. short week, although mm-hmm. Belichick, I don't know if that's so so true. Um, also, I brought the analogy. This was a big game on Sunday. It's not like yep. he had any – I mean, this was the second – if you look at who whose playoff chances moved the most off of this last week's games, the Giants were downgraded, tw- like 20 percentage points of chance to make the playoffs. Jets were 15 percentage points. The two biggest losers were in, in chance to make the playoffs were the New York teams. And New England, even with this win, is a little below the Jets. The Jets are like, at, I think Kevin Cole had 52%. And New England's at 50. So if New England didn't win this game, they were like out of it. Interesting. And as much as New England dominated the game, it was still um, basically tied uh, with no team with an advantage with 18 seconds to play. And here's a case where Minnesota, yeah, they got their butts kicked. They got to rest everybody in the fourth quarter. Yeah, you know, I just. So energy wise. I just have an idea. Short week. McKenzie flashed something, but I don't think it's the point. But I think it reminds me of something. He said, hey, as I told you guys, Belichick asked for a team the week off his bye that was off a bye, too. He believes that's an Mm -hmm. advantage. But do you think he wasn't working on Minnesota? The Jets are so—they had just played the Jets two weeks before. The most familiar you could be is Bill Belichick, who's got a a psychopedic mind— playing an in-division team for the second time in a couple of weeks, mm. and you're off a bye. Like, that, you got too much time, right? Yes. Now, isn't New England preparing for Minnesota some of that time? At least the coaches. For sure. Oh, of course. You know, that's actually a really interesting point, and I wonder if maybe I'm falling into the trap that you look at the line, it's under a field goal, yeah. and you're saying to yourself, or at least I'm saying, Man, Minnesota has to bounce back, right? They have such a great home field. You would think they would bounce back off of the ugly performance last week, and the Patriots didn't exactly do anything. They couldn't score a touchdown against the Jets. They had to get a punt return on the final play to win the game. 
Am I falling into the trap? Are the Patriots the right side? Maybe they are. I, it just feels like what Fez said, they're a point and a half better in his power ratings than the Vikings. I don't, I don't know if that's true. Like in my power, like I don't, I don't keep NFL power ratings, but if I did, I like just on what I believe about these two teams, I don't believe the Patriots are a better team on a neutral than the Vikings. That's why I feel like at worst they're even. The line's two and a half. The Vikings have a good home field advantage. I don't know that you give anybody a full three, but I'm not ta- I'm not taking the Patriots here. Let's take a look at some pregame uh, models here. Pregame stats model has New England rated ninth, Minnesota 14th. Pregame success rate model has New England 12th and Minnesota 16th. Maybe the Patriots are the right side. Maybe so. I won't be on them. Uh, I got to dive in further into this one to see what I'm going to do. Uh, it's tough. Total 42. I would lean under. It's come down now. Like it was, what did it open, McKenzie? 44, 43 and a half? 40, yeah, 43 yeah. and a half was the first widely available. Yeah. I I don't know. I mean, you might be right. I, I don't know that anybody had, like, is, is, and this is the other thing to think about Kirk Cousins in prime time. Kirk Cousins not at one yeah. o'clock. Kirk Cousins yeah. at nighttime on a, a, on a standalone game. I'm not playing the Vikings. I want nothing to do with this game. Under or pass for me. You're right. So maybe it is. Maybe the Patriots are the right side. Uh, how's your bets doing? Oh, let me check. Let me uh, check in on on these guys while we're uh, in the middle of this thing. So uh, I'm looking. I'm okay. I got 10 minutes left in the second period. I have the over six in the Rangers game. It's 3-1 Anaheim with 10 minutes left in the second. So live total seven and a half. So I'm on pace for the over. I, I'd like a couple of. I'd like. I'd like some more goals here. At least you know, three more, right? Well, it would be nice. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, in the future, uh, tell me how the game went. Yeah, my biggest play of the day today was over 151 in UCLA Pepperdine. Okay. Uh, there is a minute 14 seconds left, and it is 41 to 29. So 70 points in the first right half? now in the first half. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this is going to be quite a wild minute. I was about to say, <laughs> that's unbelievable. No. I will say this, though. This was unbelievable, and I was, I was saying this to Fez. Auburn Northwestern played yesterday, and the total in that game was 134.5. And, and there were people out there, probably serious bettors, who said, you know what, I'm going over 134.5. And, and that basketball game, which played a full 40 minutes, the final score was 43-42. to 42. It was a college football final score. Instead of a college basketball final score, so SMU and Houston scored more than that. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> Step your game up. So uh, yeah, it's there's still a second half to be played, and as you know, in the second halves in college basketball, typically much higher scoring yeah. than the first half. So I would say I'm on pace right now for a victory here. Let's talk other NFL news and notes. We got some quarterback changes around the NFL. Yeah, let's talk about it. The New York Jets decide. Zach Wilson, you're going to, what they call, you're going to reset. We're going to reset Zach. I don't know if that means they're going to like power him down and reboot him, what, what, what it means, but he's not going to play uh, in this game against the Chicago Bears. Mike White is going to get the start. I think at worst, if you don't want to say it's an upgrade, I think at worst it's a lateral move for the Jets. But in this game, I think that, and this isn't news that we have for sure yet, it feels like Zach, Justin Fields has no reason to play for the Bears. I would agree with which that. Which would mean Trevor Simeon plays. 
and Trevor Simeon behind this Bears offensive line against that Jets defense seems like a disaster. Remember, the Bears didn't look at Justin Fields as the future. If they did, they would have done more to build around him. Justin Fields has shown them this season he's their franchise guy. When I say they didn't build around him, they didn't prepare for this. Mm -hmm. Trevor Simeon is not an ideal backup for Justin Fields because he can't do any of the things Justin Fields does. He can't move. He, he's not, you know, he he's not going to make these big time throws. And behind this bad offensive line, he's going to be running all day. They have to completely change their offense. This feels like a disastrous spot for the Bears and for the Jets. How often do you see it? Quarterback is set, and they've taken money. Mm-mm. It feels like the sharp move. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think Mike White led them to a win over the Bengals last year. Uh, they've scored points with Mike White at quarterback. I don't think Mike White's the answer long term, but I do think having a quarterback change is going to actually have the team more focused. They're going to play hard because you see the body language. Uh, you watch the film. The Jets players are frustrated. Zach Wilson throwing the ball behind receivers. Uh, Dan Orlovsky from ESPN had a clip on Twitter this week about showing how uh, I think it was Garrett Wilson who was you know vi- uh, you know very very animated after Zach Wilson threw a throw where. Orlovsky wondered if Zach Wilson even knew the play yeah. because he made such the incorrect throw there. So I, I think you're going to get the players that will um, will have a little bit of a boost here. Yeah, we remember uh, Garrett Wilson. We played that quote uh, on Sunday night into Monday morning show when it was uh, him saying that, you know, this is not okay. And so I, I think you're going to get a focused effort from the New York Jets. Will we get the same focused effort? From the Houston Texans. Good luck. Who have made the switch from Davis Mills to Kyle Allen. Yeah, Kyle Allen, not good. Davis Mills, not good. And Houston Texans, not good. Houston media was asking Lovey Smith all week, hey, when are we going to see a change at offensive coordinator? Pep Hamilton has been calling the plays. It's been a disaster on that side of the ball. Uh, People talking about they're wasting Damian Pierce, which let's face it, they are. Yep. Uh, But I I don't know if it matters who's calling plays when these are your options at quarterback. And part of the reason why a few weeks ago someone said, when do, when do the Texans di- uh, bench Davis Mills? I said, I don't know that they will because the backup's Kyle Allen. I don't. I can't imagine they feel like Kyle Allen can be better than Davis Mills, as bad as Mills has been. Mm-hmm. To me, this just signals we're trying anything. We're throwing things against the wall right now. See what sticks. I don't think anything sticks with this quarterback room. I think the Texans, because of the way the season's gone, they're going to have their pick of the litter next year. I think they're perfectly fine with that. In fact, Kyle Allen instead of Davis Mills may give them a better chance at the point. first overall pick. That's a good point. Uh, elsewhere around the NFL, we know that Matthew Stafford will not play for the Rams as he's still in concussion protocol but also dealing with a neck issue. And the line on this game is, AJ, this might be the most shocking line of the NFL season considering the team that's playing. Yeah, well, Bryce Perkins is in his third year an undrafted free agent out of Virginia. He's thrown 11 passes in his career. Now you're asking him to take on the best team in the NFL. Uh, I I can see how it'd be hard to find a number where you'd want to back the Rams here. Uh, 15 and a half. Yeah. The defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, are 15 and a half. And you know what? Earlier today, we recorded the dream preview, and Fezzik said this will be 17 by kickoff. Maybe 17 and a half. Thank me then. We're going to have to play minus 14 and a half. So, again, if you you think the Rams are going to do anything, 
you may want to get that number, or you may want to wait. If you if you like the Chiefs, you may want to grab it soon because it looks like this thing is just going to keep going up. It's not all for the pros. Thursdays for the Egg Bowl as well. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Hopefully, no fake pissing on goalposts. Something that'll <laughs> just, more. just yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the, this is a, a battle of two teams who, boy, things looked a lot different for them both early in the season. Mississippi yeah. State looked like they were pretty strong. They've died on the vine. Ole Miss, you could say the exact same thing. It's a great start to the season and have just kind of fallen apart. Which way are you leaning here in the Egg Bowl? Over? Really? Okay. Yeah. Does this total just seem low to you? No. Uh, I, I, I kind of feels... I, I don't know if I feel maybe if anything, I was looking at the under in this game. So it, I, it just feels like the way Ole Miss has played lately, they are not as good as they were not even close to as good as they were early in the season on offense. Okay. Mississippi state has been much better on defense than offense all season as well. You know, this game has not reached this total in since 2016, 55-20. 31-21 last year, that's only 52. 31-24 the year before, 21-20, 35-3, 31-28. You had the 55-20 blowout in 2016, 38-27 in 2015, 31-17. It's been a lot more unders than overs. Yeah, that's the way I would look. This is Jackson Dart is not Matt Corral. Is, is the best way to put it. The okay. offense for Ole Miss this year is nowhere near what it's been the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, again, big standalone game. You get a lot more casual action than you than you so, normally would. So the over's a little bit inflated. I think the over's inflated here. Yeah. Well, they only managed to score 27 points last week on Arkansas, which was kind of surprising. Uh, and Well, not surprising. I bet on Arkansas, but I thought they'd score more points. And, you know, Mississippi State, it's been – Kind of a a weird team this year. Yeah, you know they have moments where, you know, and maybe we shouldn't have really been that surprised at the blowout against Texas A and M. But at the time, we didn't know how bad Texas A and M was. They scored forty points on Arkansas, and you know, bad loss to Kentucky. They get blown. They, get, they don't even stand a chance against Alabama. Put up thirty nine against Auburn. Got the coach fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now they uh they had their off week last week, I guess, you know, their 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 cupcake game. And they get ready for this one. Spread's only two. It's a low number here. I can only go with the home team, just because I always favor the home team in rivalry games like this, prime time. But I think Mississippi State's interesting. Yeah, I, I oh, you think it Mississippi State's interesting? I don't have a really have a take on that. I think side. they're interesting. I, I'm saying I can I would only bet Ole Miss. Oh, okay. But I do think Mississippi State is intriguing. Okay. I would look at Ole Miss before I looked at Mississippi State. And I'm not going to bet any of it. I, I think I really think I might be on the under, but it just feels like Ole Miss has not – they're not going to be able to run the ball as effectively as they have, uh, which means they're going to put the game on Jackson Dart, which I don't feel great about. Mississippi State, I trust their defense. I don't trust them enough to win the game. But – and I guess the other thing to think about is all the – the nonsense going around I was gonna with ask, Lane Kiffin. Do you think that there's any fallout from any of that stuff? He has to have a team meeting and address his players and tell them that he's not going anywhere. I mean, it's got to mean something. Even even the fact that they're having to have those meetings says something about it. So I don't know what the mindset would be. So from a side, I think it's a full stay away from me. I do have a lean to the young. 
As I sit here and I sweat out this Rangers and Ducks over, still 3-1 in the second period, uh, I hit a bet earlier today, earlier tonight on the Maple Leafs beating the Devils. The Devils had their winning streak snapped. They had to lose sometime. They had to lose sometime. I picked against them with Toronto last week. Devils won 3-2 in overtime. I picked against them with Toronto tonight, and Toronto got the victory. But in that game, the Devils had not one, not two, but three goals disallowed. When the third goal was reviewed and disallowed, the fans started throwing stuff on the ice. <laughs> why why they so had, angry? They had to stop the game. The Maple Leafs went back into the locker room. This is with 11 minutes left in the game. Maple Leafs went back into the, the dressing room, and they had to clear the ice. They were throwing beers on the ice and whatnot. It was The crowd at the Prudential Center was, frankly, ridiculous. It, it, it was were they, I mean, was, was it behavior. justified? Like, were the goals, should they have been good goals? Every Devils fan is going to tell you that they should have been good goals. However, my argument would be they review these things on video replay. Video replay determined they were not good goals. How do you argue with video replay? Well, where's is the it, video replay out of? Toronto. And the who are the Devils playing? Toronto. Ah, oh, oh, conspiracy. But, no, look, the, the, the point of instant replay is to get the call right. And so if you review a play where the referee on the ice feels that the player kicked the puck into the net using a kicking motion and then replay clearly shows a kicking motion, yeah. how could you argue with that goal being disallowed? I understand the fans' frustration. Plus, this is what I think happened tonight. It's the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Eve is a big party night. It's like the biggest party night of the year. All the college kids are home from school, going to go to their local bars, going to see your high school friends for the first time in a while, right? But just in general, everyone's off tomorrow for Thanksgiving. We're off tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we are. <laughs> you know, that's why we're recording this tonight. I think people got a little sauced up tonight at the Prudential Center. I could see that. And, for, you know, that might, this might have been the first Devils game that some of these fans went to this year. Their team is 13 straight wins, their second-best record in the NHL. They feel good about it. They're partying. They're having a good time. And then all of a sudden, three disallowed goals when they're down 2-0. They should be winning 3-2 in their minds. They got frustrated. But as a fan, and let me just say this, you never, ever have the right to throw anything on the playing surface. Ever. 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 What if Ever. they what if they score what if a guy scores three goals? Then you can throw a hat on the ice. Okay. Yes, I agree with that. But can you ever throw octopus on the ice? Or is that disallowed yes, now? Yes, you can do that. All right. But can't throw snowballs at Santa Claus. <laughs> Philly. Can't throw beers on the ice when you are frustrated with the officials. It was disgusting behavior from the New Jersey fans. And I think it was a bad look for the Devils. It really was. And they deserved to lose that game. Now they scored. It made it, it was exciting at the end because they scored and it was two to one and they had the extra attacker on. Mm-hmm. But they lost. I won. I was happy. <laughs> but the game had to had to stop for a few minutes while they did clear the ice. Our New Jersey fans, as someone who's from the area, mm-hmm. our New Jersey fans typically uh is this behavior typical of them? 
somewhat, uh, not a good reputation. I mean, not as bad as Philly fans. I think Philly fans have a worse reputation. But, yeah, I think there's 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 something about, you know, th- th- there might be something there. Okay. Yeah. One UFC note from this evening, uh, Yuri Prohashka out at UFC 282. He was set to fight Glover Teixeira. Uh, that was December 10th here in Las Vegas at T-Mobile, that he had a major injury. It's going to need surgery and a significant rehab period is what the UFC said today. He was to fight Glover Teixeira. That fight is now off, and as a result, Yuri Prohashka has vacated the light heavyweight title, and there is now a, a fight that's getting moved up the card between former champion Jan Blahovich and Magomed Ankalaev will now be the main event. Oh, Ankalaev? Uncle Iev. Uncle Iev. He'll be at Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yes. Uh, they will fight for the vacant title. Um, Yuri actually made the decision to give up the belt. He wasn't forced to, uh, but he said he's elected to vacate his title. He will fight for the belt as soon as he's medically cleared. And apparently the option was for Glover Teixeira, if he wanted, he could have taken the fight against Uncle Iev and said no. Ankalaev is basically the boogeyman of 205. <laughs> no one wants to fight this guy. Jan Blahovich is fighting him. I don't think he really wanted to, but you certainly don't want to fight him on two two weeks' notice. Glover Teixeira is an older dude. This is his last run at the title. He said, I'm not going to let something crazy happen and because if you lose, you're done for. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're not going to work your way back up. So so what's the fight that's going to happen now? Uncle Ankalaev. So <laughs> Magomed Ankalaev <laughs> yeah. against... Yeah. Jan Blahovich. And what's the line? Magomed Ankalaev is favored uh, minus 240, 250, depending on where you look. Jan Blahovich coming back around 190 plus 200. All right. We're going to so, lay the juice on Ankalaev? I, uh, I've got no interest in Blahovich in this fight. Okay. I don't think Blahovich is all that good to begin with. Uh, and well, I shouldn't say that he's a former champion. Just make sure Uncle Iev doesn't have too much to drink on, on Thanksgiving. Well, tomorrow. he's got till December two. You know, Uncle Steve sometimes has too much. Uncle Iev <laughs> can control himself. We'll see it. We'll see if he keeps that up. Uh, but that is the new main event for UFC 282 on December two. Let's talk Thanksgiving. Uh, do you enjoy the, the parade? Thanksgiving Day no, parade. No, I. This is uh, probably an unpopular opinion. You don't you don't do parades. I hate parades. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah, a parade guy. Huh? I'm against parades. Like I think it takes up the, like it messes up traffic. Uh, it, it's a it's a it, it costs a lot of money to throw these parades. And what's the benefit? I see none. I you know what? Also unpopular uh, opinion. I don't like World Series parades, Super Bowl <laughs> parades. I don't like any kind of parade. I'm out on them. So when I was younger, growing up in New York, uh, my mom used to take me. We used to go to watch the uh, them Puerto Rican Day Parade. Well, besides that, <laughs> we used to watch them go uh, blow up the floats. Okay. So you can go like tonight and watch them blow up the floats for the parade, and like everyone lines up on the. What's the temperature right now in New York? It's cold right now. It's cold. Uh, it's brick. It's brick out there. Let's see. Weather right now, 46 degrees right now. Who would go out in 46-degree weather to watch them blow up float? And I imagine you went went on some nights that were way colder than 46, I bet. Yeah, you get some hot cocoa. You see them inflate the – and then like, oh, when Snoopy – 
when when you see Snoopy, showstopper, bro. Snoopy's so old school. But that was the big that was the big attraction. I don't get it. I don't I, parades are so stupid. Do, you know what, McKenzie, are you a parade guy? I don't understand them. What maybe your take of the year. I was clapping in here. Oh good. What is why? Why parades? Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, the Snoopy float is like the attraction of the Thanksgiving Day parade. A giant inflated Snoopy. Yes. That's the attraction. Like how, you society's advanced so much in the last 50 years, yet people still line up to see fucking floaty Snoopy. Yes. There's at least one ambulance every single year that goes at least two miles out of their way because of Snoopy. Yeah. Someone, someone, someone dies. dies. Someone dies <laughs> because of every parade. I believe that. Because the ambulance is like, oh, I got to get there. Oh, no. Main Street's closed. When will the madness stop? Because of Snoopy. <laughs> I once asked my mom when the Thanksgiving Day parade was. That was dumb. Yeah. You I were, was young. You weren't a bright bulb. I was young. <laughs> Didn't realize. Friday or Saturday or something. <laughs> you, know, you know who never asked that? McKenzie. Yeah. That's why he went to Yale. All I right. Was, I was, we were trying to plan the trip, you know, want to go see Snoopy. When's the Thanksgiving yeah. Day parade? I'll give you two guesses. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's either going to be on Thanksgiving What day are they going to do the New Year's Day parade on? Uh, I will watch it tomorrow. All right. I'll absolutely watch it. What's your, are you a, do you like smoked turkey, fried turkey, baked turkey, broiled? What's your turkey of choice? I'll eat any turkey you put in front of me. Any tur- do you believe turkey to be an overrated meat? No. Then why don't Delicious. we why don't we eat turkey all the time? I eat turkey all the time. I had a turkey bacon sandwich today. Did you really? Yeah, for lunch. Mackenzie, you a turkey guy? It's not the best. It's, uh, well, it's okay, kind of okay. dry. So I think I, you could admit turkey Scott. deli meat. I have turkey deli meat all the time. You're saying why don't I have like like a you, hot open yeah, why don't you have a, turkey? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I should have it more often. I love mm. turkey. Turkey's great. I I will be smoking a turkey tomorrow because I believe in the Traeger? Yeah, in, in yeah. I believe what kind that, of rub you putting on that thing. Uh, it's a it's a proprietary rub. My own. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's right. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. no premix. Are I'm, you? Uh, I'll be mixing spices tonight you, when I get you, home. Are you doing that style where you, you crack the you remove no. the spine and then crack the rib and no. then spread it out? No, no. What's that called? I don't oh, know, yeah. but that's just doing like uh, splitting it. Yeah, you whatever, do that yeah. with chicken usually. So you're not doing that with the turkey. No, no I'm doing the full turkey. Have you ever deep fried a turkey? I have. It's dangerous, right? It is, but I believe smoking to be superior to deep frying because it's juicier. Mm. Do you inject it with anything? You inject, nope. Nope, nope, no nope. injections. It's brined, and you, 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 wipe, you wipe it off? You want, you want me to give you a tip? Yeah. I'm going to give you guys out there a tip right now. Before you smoke the turkey, I want you to rub some mayonnaise on it. So that's your binder for your rub? It is. And guess what it when does? When you do meat, what do you do? Mustard? Guess what? Yeah, usually. Yeah. Like if I do brisket, yeah, mustard. Yeah. Okay. Mustard, salt, and pepper. That's all I put uh-huh. on a brisket. But when you, when you put that mayonnaise on there, the oils in, that, in the, uh, the mayonnaise, it makes the outside of the turkey crispy. But isn't the brine doing that? It, supposedly. But the brine, brines dry things out, you know, the inside out. Like uh-huh. it, it, the brines seep all the way through. The mayonnaise won't. The mayonnaise is only for the skin. Crisps up the skin right. without drying out the meat inside. I like it. You're welcome. All right. Mackenzie, favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Easy. Macaroni and cheese. My man. That's yours as I well? I love mac and cheese. But it's, it's, it's mashed potatoes. But, like, I love mac and cheese. I like a good uh, broccoli cheese casserole 
Yeah, like a string. You do the string bean casserole. Like uh, we call it green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. Like okay. with the uh, fr- like the cr- the crispy onions and the. I don't uh, do crispy onions. Oh, you're missing out. Yeah, I don't do that. That's. I think it's a southern thing. Do you put breadcrumbs on your mac and cheese, Mackenzie? You like breadcrumbs on your mac and cheese? Yeah, on occasion. Yeah, I like breadcrumbs on my mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Now, little, nice little top layer crunch. Do you need to have like on Thanksgiving? What if you you What if you go to Thanksgiving and what they've got is. Uh, shells and cheese. I'll eat it. Out of a box. Dude, I ain't picky, man. I'll eat anything. Okay. And I'll enjoy it. You're not looking for as homemade as, mac and cheese? As long as I got biscuits and gravy and turkey and mashed potatoes. Biscuits? And, yeah. Like the little Pillsbury, you know, biscuits. You do biscuits on Thanksgiving, McKenzie? More of a rolls guy. I but think I'll, a dinner roll is the, yeah, yeah, like the Pillsbury rolls, whatever, yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. All right. A little Pillsbury roll, right? Everyone's got Pillsbury dinner, dinner rolls. Dinner rolls, yeah, but biscuits are different. I'm not talking about like Hawaiian rolls, which are also delicious. I thought you, I'm talking <laughs> about like like you'd have biscuits for breakfast. No, see, I didn't, I'm not a southern guy. We didn't do biscuits for breakfast. Okay. But I like, yeah, like the, the Pillsbury ones. You, you, know, you, you twist the can, it goes, and pops open. Okay. And then you, you peel it out. And you put my, wife's, my, my wife's doing homemade dinner rolls. We don't eat the, 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 the biscuits out of a can, as you would say. Woo-hoo. That's a crime. <laughs> That's a crime. You got to let the yeast rise. Dessert. All that. Apple pie with vanilla ice cream. Apple pie, vanilla. I'm, uh, I like pecan pie. Nope. Get it away from me. That's because you're a yank. Nope. No pecan pie. No pumpkin pie. I no, like pumpkin pie too. None of that. Do you like no. sweet potato pie? Yeah. Who doesn't like sweet potato pie? Okay. Yo, my mom makes this thing every year. It's great. It's uh, mashed sweet potatoes, right? But. She, I'm sure she found it online, probably some Pinterest, you know, stuff. Scoops out like an orange, mm-hmm. and then you put the mash, the the sweet potatoes inside the orange skin, right, in a little a little orange cup, and then uh, roasted marshmallows on top. Okay, bang, get down with that, bang. But we'll have a lemon meringue pie as well tomorrow. I don't. My wife hates pecan pie. Also, I don't know that I'm going to get it, so I just take what I can get. I'm going to get me some apple pie. She, my wife made an apple pie, too. We got a lot of pie at my house. Now, here's the real question. Do you imbibe on Thanksgiving? Will you have alcohol with your meal? Or is it too much? Will it put uh, you to sleep? I don't. You never I have don't. a glass of wine or anything like that? You know, if everyone's having one at the end of the meal. I'm not a big drinker. Okay. So, you know, maybe like at the end of the night, if everyone's having a glass of wine, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, have a glass of wine. But, uh no, for me it's 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 food and football. Okay. I mean, we're, we're we're not my family. We're not very we we eat, you can eat on the couch watching football. You know, where it's not going to be like the TV's off and okay. and we all sit at the dining room table. No, it's it's grab your food, let's go watch the game. All right, yeah, Mackenzie, you this Thanksgiving, I'm assuming not, but uh, you've been on a good run of uh, of no boozing, huh? Yeah, and I've I've been a champion on the other side of the equation as well, so I'm going to pass this, this okay. Thanksgiving. All right, yeah, I guess it's a coin flip. I guess I'll have to do the drinking for all three of us, so. I believe in you, AJ. Uh, that, fr- <laughs> that, that, Friday, that Friday morning pod. I'll tell you what. We'll I'll see have, how it goes. I'll tell you what. I'll have a glass of whiskey tomorrow night for you. Okay, well, then that way I, at least I won't be the only yeah. one who shows up early Friday morning. I will have a glass of whiskey with a little tomorrow on my night breath. for you. Well, if you've made it this far in the podcast, congratulations. If you got through the Thanksgiving discussion, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to reward you not once but twice. The first time is going to be with a promo code GOBBLE, G-O-B-B-L-E. If you use that promo code, you are going to get $25 off anything at pregame.com. 
That could be a best bet package or a subscription, but I recommend using it on a best best, pa- best bet package. Say that 10 times fast. Because most best bets are $25. Do you have a best bet tonight? College I did, basketball? yeah. You had a best bet? The Pacific UCLA over. Guess what? Free if you use the promo code GOBBLE. I had a three-game NHL card today that I gave out. Two units on each play, AJ. $25 of cost. If you use the promo gobble, guess how much you paid for it? Zero. And guess what happened with the three games on my three-game card? You swept it, didn't you? Well, I'm 2-0 right now. I'm sweating out this Rangers <laughs> over, so we'll see. It's 3-2 going to the third. But play. either way, it was profitable, wasn't it? I No matter what happens, it's going to be profitable. Uh, the total is six in the Rangers game, so if the Ducks score a goal and it's 4-2, to two, at worst, I'm guaranteed a push. And if the Rangers score and make it 3-3, the over is guaranteed to hit. So we just need a goal on either side, and we're going to be feeling good about ourselves. So promo code GOBBLE, $25 off any package or subscription at pregame.com. But here's the bonus. Use the promo code GOBBLE, GOBBLE. Ooh. That's two gobbles. GOBBLE, GOBBLE. That's going to get you $40 off any subscription seven days or greater. So you can get a seven-day all-access package. You can get a 30-day all-access package. Or you can get a season-long package, whether it's McKenzie's NBA package, AJ's college basketball, or UFC, or my NHL package. Take $40 off any subscription seven days or greater if you use the promo code Gobble Gobble. So we have the first gobble. That's one gobble. That's for $25 off. We have two gobbles, gobble, gobble. That's for $40 off, but the $40 off has to be on a subscription of seven days or greater. Why? It's because without you, we wouldn't be us. And so on this Thanksgiving, we say thanks to you. Mackenzie, be safe tomorrow. Have a happy Thanksgiving. AJ, enjoy the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I will not be watching that <laughs> shit parade. And do me a favor. Let me know your reaction once you see Snoopy on your screen. Because it's just going to bring euphoria. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us here straight out of Vegas. A.M.